y'all please stand as we get ready to worship the Lord Jesus. I'm Pastor Berta, one of the pastors here on staff. We want to thank you all for joining us here this morning. We appreciate you all and love you so much. This morning is a special morning. It's our nation day. And at the same time, we have a special guest leading us to worship, Brother Holt. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all the goodness you're doing. At this time, I would like to introduce our, bro our brother, Daryl. We'd like to start out every service with a testimony to encourage the body of Christ. Amen. So let's give Daryl a hand. Amen. <clears throat> nice to see everybody. Good morning. Um, about 10 years ago, uh, before I was saved, I had a lot of resentment against God. I had uh, a lot of issues. You know, it seemed like things were falling apart. Uh, everything from financial issues to friendships. And uh, just a lot of things going wrong in my life. I really felt like there was no where to turn. There was a lot of issues, like I said, in my family. Um, shortly after that, uh, I met my wife. Uh, best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> uh, The, uh, before that I met Christ, and that changed my life. God took the resentment in my life and turned it into peace. He took the bitterness and uh, turned it into rejoicement. Um, I want to encourage anybody that's here, uh, if you have any obstacles in your way that's keeping you from meeting Christ, there's any issues that you have, any bitterness in your heart, I, I really pray that you guys remove that. I really pray for you guys that, that you would take the opportunity today to, to get right with the Lord. Um, I, I want to share a scripture with you guys. Um, Ephesians 4, uh, 31. I'm sorry. I'm a little emotional. <laughs> um, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted forgiving one another even as Christ forgave you say a little prayer God I really pray that your Holy Spirit saturates this place today God God remove all malice bitterness, any hatred, any types of issues that'll keep us away from you, God. God, I really pray that you, your Holy Spirit moves in this place today, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. I mean, believe that there's nothing impossible with Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why I like to say, through you I can do I declare, I'm 
not gonna live by what I see. Oh, I'm not gonna live by what I feel. How many know you can't trust what you feel? Deep down, I know that you're here with me. Oh, Jesus, I know that you can do anything. So through you, I can do Let's declare that this morning. I'm not gonna live by what I feel. Cause deep down, deep down, I know that you're here with me. I know that you can do anything. Through you, through you, I can do anything. I can do all things. Cause it's Nothing is impossible through you. Blind eyes are open, strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible. Everybody say, Oh, oh, oh. Say, Nothing is impossible. Say, Oh, oh, oh. Now we're going to lift our voice and declare this thing. I believe, I believe, oh, oh. I believe, I believe in you. Say, I believe, I believe, oh, oh, oh. I believe, I believe. Say, I believe, I believe, I believe, oh, oh. Shout. Nothing is impossible. Tell them. Through you, blind eyes are open. How many want to see blind eyes open? Strongholds are broken. I'm living by faith. Shout. Nothing is impossible. Say, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, nothing is impossible. Oh, oh. Somebody give him praise. If you know that there's nothing impossible with our God, there's nothing impossible with you, Lord. Oh, oh, oh. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How I many you know we serve a good father today? He's so good, he loves you this morning. And if you can't have, find anything else to be happy about, I can promise you that's something to be happy about. Amen.
that the creator of all heaven and earth, he knows your name, he knows your situation, and he wants to meet you this morning right here in this place. Can we just lift our hands and just say, Father, we surrender everything we have, our minds, our souls, our spirits. We give it to you, God. And we say, have your way in this place, Jesus.
are a good, good daddy. That's who you are. And I'm Listen, there's so much power when we begin to declare the word of God. In the book of Revelation, there's a, a story where John begins to try to worship an angel. And the angel stops him and says, I'm not worthy of worship. Don't worship me. And then he makes a statement. And I don't think it's taught enough in the church today, but he says this. He says, the essence of prophecy is to declare who Jesus is. And I'm telling you, I've been traveling around this country singing this song, and there's something about when we begin to declare who the Father is. Malachi 4 says this, that before Jesus comes, that the spirit of Elijah would return to the earth and turn the heart of the children back to the Father. And I believe that is where we are at. Jesus is about to come. Is anybody ready to see him? But here's the, here's the reality. Our generation is a fatherless generation. Many of you, even in this building, you don't have a good relationship with your dad. You may not even know who your real father is. He wasn't there to affirm you or build you up. But can I tell you that there's a heavenly father who knows exactly where you're at. And he says, I love you. And even if you don't understand it, even if you don't feel like God loves you, can I tell you something right now? You can prophesy into the atmosphere with your words by declaring who God is and declaring who Jesus is. And that's what this song does. Are you ready to do that? I want you to lift your hands right now. Maybe you don't feel like you had the love of a father and you want to know that. Well, we're going to declare it and speak it right now. You're going to declare who you are in Jesus. You're loved by the Lord. Amen? Come on, I want you to say it with me. You're a good, good father. Say it. It's who you are. Come on, lift your voice. Say it again. You're a good, good father. Declare it. Oh. Come on, somebody prophesy. You're a good, good father. It's who you are.
Come on, one more time. You're a good, good father. Lift your hands. I just want to prophesy over you. He gives life. He is love. He brings light to your darkness. He gives hope. <laughs> he restores every heart that is broken. Can you just lift your hands and say, Great are you, Lord? Great are you, Lord. Let me hear you declare it, Metro Praise. Come on, say, Great are you, Lord. We're your children and we declare your great name. Come on, say, Great. In the midst of every circumstance, I lift my voice and say, Great. Say great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Oh, we lift our voice and we declare your grace. Great are you, Lord. Oh, great. Great are you, Lord. In the midst of every problem, Just say that you give life, you love. Declare who he is. You bring light to the dark. <laughs> you give hope. <laughs> you restore every heart that is broken. That's why we say. Great, great. 
We're going to prophesy over Chicago. You ready? All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Come on, speak over your family right now. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will Heavenly 
you just lift your hands and say that? it this morning. Treasure of my heart and of my soul. In my weakness you are merciful. How many know Jesus to be that this morning? The redeemer of my past and present wrong. Oh, you're the holder of my future Jesus, at the mention of his name, hell has to triple. 
Jesus, you know that you've experienced the power of God. Ooh, this ah. is not a show. We're not just singing songs on a karaoke screen. If this is your first time here, if this is your first time experiencing a worship service like this, you have entered into the presence of the Almighty God. And in His presence, there is life. And in His presence, there is freedom. And in His presence, there is healing. I want to let you guys know today, Jesus is coming back. How many of you guys believe that Jesus is coming back for his bride? A bride that is spotless and blameless. And I want us to take some time today, and we're going to intercede for our nation and for the nations of the world. How many of you guys have been watching the news? And Matthew chapter 24 talks about the end times and the signs of the end of the age and what that's going to look like. And now, with the last 50 years, it's been speeding up more than ever before. Yeah. It talks about famines. It talks about wars and rumors of wars and nations rising against nation and earthquakes in various places. We just had an earthquake in Japan and in Ecuador. People are hurting. People are in despair. The Bible says that's just the beginning of the birth pains. See, there's going to be birth pains in the land before Jesus comes back. And then he says, we're going to be turned over. We're going to be persecuted. How many of you guys know that our brothers and sisters all across the world are being killed for their faith in Jesus? Yeah, yeah. And it's increasing. The contractions are intensifying, and they're getting closer together. We heard about the massacre in Ohio, the young girl that was killed in her high school bathroom. People, we need Jesus. Yeah. He is coming back. So guess what? The church of Jesus Christ is still here. And we have a job to do. Guess what that is? We got to preach the gospel. Yeah. Because before he comes back, Jesus said, and this gospel will be preached to all the earth as a testimony. And then the end will come. And every other sign has about just all happened. We're waiting for this gospel to be preached. So I want you to lift your hands all across this place. We're going to make intercession for our nation. America needs Jesus so badly. We have become so backslidden, so anti-Christ, so ungodly, so full of evil and violence. And yes, these are the signs of the times, but we need a revival. So I want to call forth my intercessors. Come forth, Rachel. Come forth, Griselda, Tina. Come on. Jeremiah, when he was interceding for his nation, he called forth for the weeping women. I want some weeping women intercessors to come forward to these altars today. Come on. Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, Rachel, intercede this morning for our nation. Holy Spirit, we need you, God. Lord, our hearts cry out for you, Lord. God, you are the answer. You are the remedy. And God, as we lift our hands and our hearts to you, I pray that our hearts would break, Lord. Our hearts would break. I pray that tears would flow, Lord, because your law is not being obeyed. Holy Spirit, we need your fire to burn. 
Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for forgiveness. We ask, Father, we come to you with a heart of repentance for our city, dear God. For the sin and the wickedness, dear God, that the city of Chicago represents. For the murderous heart, dear God. For the hatred and the evil that is so prevalent in our streets. Father, we ask for forgiveness. We plead the blood of Jesus over Chicago, Father, and we fix our eyes on you. We fix our eyes on you. We know that you are capable, that you are able, and you are willing to do more than we can ever ask for or imagine. So, Father, forgive our sins and heal our land. Forgive our sins and heal our land. Forgive our sins and heal our land, God Almighty. Father, I speak life over the city of Chicago. I speak life over families. I speak life over the young adults. I speak life, life, life. In the name of Jesus. And Father, as we fix our eyes on you, dear God, we know that you can do it. And you will be glorified. And you will draw this city to their knees in repentance. So be lifted high in the city, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Call forth the harvest. Every seed that has been planted in this city, we want it to come forth in Jesus' name in this season. Come on. Hallelujah. Father God, we just lift up the body of Christ to you right now, Lord. We lift up those seeds that have been planted, Father God, to step forth, Father God, for those of us who are called to be to be disciples, Father God, to go out and preach the word with power and authority by the Holy Spirit, Father God, that we would water those seeds, that they would come up, grow up already, Father God. We intercede right now for the body of Christ, that it would stop sleeping, Father, but it would wake up and go out into this nation and do what it is called to do, Father God, for we are disciples that make disciples to make a difference in this world, Father God, that our light will shine, that we would be salt and light to this earth, Father God, and that we would not be shaken by the enemy's schemes, Lord God. We come against the enemy in the name of Jesus, Father God, and we declare freedom for our city, the city of Chicago, freedom for the single mothers, freedom for the game makers out there, freedom for our children who are fatherless and motherless, Father God, robbed and stolen from the things of this world, Father God. Have your way in our lives, Lord. Raise up your workers, Father, that they would step forth with power and authority in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give it up for Jesus. Come on. Come on, Metro Praise International. We sing his praises. Come on, we're going to sing his praises again. Lift up your hands. The, The breath that we have in our lungs comes from him. Let's go out of these four walls and tell people about Jesus. Come on. Lift up your voices one more time and let's glorify our King and our Lord because He is great. Our hearts will cry 
these bones will sing Praise God. How many of you guys glad you came to church this morning? Come on. I know I'm glad and I'm so glad you are here. We welcome you to Metro Praise International. For those that may not know who I am, my name is Nancy Wyrostek. I'm one of the apostolic elders here, and I'm going to preach the gospel to you this morning. The gospel means good news. Look to your neighbor and say, it's time for some good news. In the Bible, in the book of John, very popular Bible verse. We grew up learning it in Sunday school. Chapter 3, verse 3, this is Jesus speaking, and he has a message for us. And this was the message that he left us with. He says, very truly I tell you. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And my friends, this morning, if you have not been born again, that means you have not allowed Jesus to come into your life and to make you new. You have not allowed Jesus or asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to take the wheel and say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow after your commands. Then you're a dead man walking because we have all been born dead into sin. 
Because of what Adam and Eve did by disobeying God, every single person that follows was born into sin. And we need to be born again. It's time to come alive. And that, be, that means in our spirit, on the inside of us. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not alive in him. And you must be born again to see his kingdom. It's not through a famous teacher. It's not whatever highway you want to pick that's going to get you to heaven. It's only by the precious blood of Jesus. The nails that crucified him, that held him to the cross, couldn't hold him down. And the grave couldn't keep him in because on the third day he rose again. We serve a living God. Jesus is alive today. And he wants to give you life to re make you reborn. So if you know you are not right with God today, I want you to pray with me in just a few moments. I want to be very serious with my friends. Religion will not save you. Doing good deeds will not save you. You must bend your knee before heaven and say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Come and make me new. Come and make me clean. With all eyes closed all across this room. I want those of you who are not right with Jesus today to take inventory of your life. You know whether or not you're not right with God. You must have a relationship with him. You must be made new. And I'm going to pray for you right now, and I want you to pray to Jesus as I pray for you or come into agreement with me and say, Jesus, I want to give you my life today. Let today be your spiritual birthday. Lord, we thank you that you came and you took our place. You paid a ransom that we couldn't pay. You paid it with your own life, Jesus, so that we could live. We thank you for the message of your salvation, that you came to die so that we could have life. And I pray for every single person in this room who's not right with you, that today they would repent and turn from their wicked ways and turn and follow you, the only God and Savior, creator of the universe. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to have prayer workers up here during the fellowship time. I really want to encourage you to come to them and ask for prayer. Get right with God today. Find out how you could get plugged into the church and start doing discipleship with some of our leaders here to help you in your journey as you follow Christ. Amen. Who's excited about that? Please stand up to your feet with me in excitement as we confess our confession of faith together. The reason why we confess this every week is because this is our Christian worldview. This is the lens in which we see the world around us. It's through the eyes of scripture. It's not through uh, what this association tells us and what this politician tells us. No, we look at the world through the eyes of Jesus, through the eyes of scripture. And that's why we proclaim this as a church together every single week. So if you're, if you're with me and if you're ready, let's recite it on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets 
elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Take some time and meet somebody that you don't know. Shake a few hands. Give somebody a hug this morning.
today. Come on, a lot of fellowship, a lot of loving going around. I love it. Welcome to Metro Praise International. It's so exciting to have all of you guys here, especially if this is your first time. We welcome you, and we want you to keep on coming back. Our services here are every Sunday. We have services every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. This is our family service. So we have King's Kids in the back for infants to 11 years old. And then we have Elevate every Friday at 7 p.m. for our students um, 11 to 18 years old. So that's our Elevate Youth Service. If you are in the age group, this is where you want to be on Friday nights. Come on. So at MPI, we have a vision, a strategy, and goal. Somebody say vision, strategy, and goal. Our vision here is loving God and loving people, and we do that with everything within us. It's the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us. Our strategy is to connect you, to mentor you, and then to send you out. We want to connect you to our life groups. We want to we mentor you through our 101 and 201 books, and we want to send you out. If you could go to the previous slide, please. And that's our strategy. And then our goal is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago. Somebody say, what, what? 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. How many of you guys get excited about that? Come on, we tell you this week after week. It's not an accident that you are here. So look to your neighbor say, it's time to get connected. This is how we want to connect you to the church and to Jesus. It's through our life groups. If you turn your hand out around, you'll see the schedule of life groups that we have going on for this quarter. So I want to encourage you, find a place to belong with your family. Get connected throughout the week so you could find other Christians, brothers and sisters in the Lord that will encourage your walk and just be there with you. So here's a snapshot of what we have going on this week. Kicking it off this week is Wednesday, our King's Kids, infant to 11 years old. They meet here at the church every week, 630, uh, 6.30 here at the church. And then Thursday, we have our gang outreach every week, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. They're rocking it out for Jesus, going into the streets, preaching the gospel to the gangbangers. And then every Friday, we have two adult Bible studies for you. One is at the Govea's house. Come on. The other one is at the Walker's house. 18 years and up, 7 p.m. Be there. If you're an adult, you want to be at those life groups. Somebody say mentor. That we want to mentor you through our 101 and 201 book. We have the 101 book called Welcome to Your New Life. And then the 201 book, Disciples That Make Disciples. The 101 is done one-on-one -on -one with a leader, a leader that's going to invest into you, be there with you, and go through the journey with you of discipleship. When you graduate 101, you'll get into the 201 class, Disciples That Make Disciples, where we train you to be a leader in the church to one day be ordained as a deacon or an elder. Then we want to send you out. Somebody say send. We want to send you out to do evangelism every Saturday. We have evangelism from 5 to 8. Look to your neighbor say, 5 to 8. Look to your other neighbor say, you got to be there. This is your training ground. If you've never preached the gospel, if you've never witnessed to anybody, a stranger especially on the streets, meet them there, here at the church, before they hit the road, from 5 to 8, and you will be radically changed. It will refresh you. It will renew you. And that's where we train you to be a soul winner. The Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. Who wants to be wise? Come on. So in recap, we have a vision, a strategy, and a goal. A vision of loving God, loving people. A strategy to connect, mentor, and send you out. And a goal of 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. Let me get a hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Who's ready to give the Lord their tithes and offerings? Worship the Lord with your giving. 
Here at Metro Praise, we believe that a tithe is 10% of our total income given to the church regularly. And then we believe also in giving an offering. And an offering is an amount between you and the Lord. It's something that's given after the tithe. Somebody say after the tithe. And that is an amount that comes from your generous heart, your cheerful giving, an amount that the Lord puts on your heart. So let's get into the lesson for today from the Disciples Giving book. We are on section two, talking all about the offering. And today is lesson three. Offerings are generous gifts to God. The offering is a gift to God after our tithes. And we're going to be reading in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. You could turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 or follow along on the screen. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Who, who wants to, to sow generously so that you could reap generously? Come on. So here are the three main points of that scripture. Number one, generous. To be generous means to give freely in abundance. Being generous is the opposite of being selfish and stingy. At the same time, the amount doesn't determine the generosity, but rather the heart. For example, Jesus said a poor widow gave the most to God because she gave everything that she had. And that's in Mark 12, 44. So this poor woman gave more than all of the other people around her who were throwing in big wads of money. She gave one little small copper coin. And in God's eyes, it wasn't the amount that mattered. It was the, it was the attitude of the heart because she gave everything that she had to Jesus. Number two, individualized. Since each, since each person's financial situation is different, God doesn't require offerings to be a certain amount. Just like how the tithe is 10% of everyone's total income, the offering is always supposed to be generous. Somebody say generous. Freely given in abundance in regards to everyone's individual circumstances. And number three, don't compare. When giving your offerings, don't compare your best to someone else's. For some people, giving an extra $25 a month is generous, and for others, they can give $500 a month. It all depends on what God has given them and told them to give. However, each person's gift should be his or her best. Let's give God our best. Let's not give God our leftovers. Amen? Let's read the summary. Determine what is best, what is your best generous offering that you can give freely each month and give it with joy. Let's apply this to our life. Number one, be a faithful tither. Number two, pray and seek God for what is considered generous in your life. And number three, be a generous giver. Come on, let's confess this over our life on the count of three. If you are a faithful tither and a generous giver, and if you're not and you want to be, let's confess this. Are you guys ready? One, two, three. The offering is a gift to God after the tithe and is given in a variety of ways. God said it should be a generous seed given with a cheerful heart from personal sacrifice. Offerings will always bring thanksgiving to God because they go towards charity and ministry supplies. We give offerings in obedience to God's word, sharing with others our blessing with a gracious heart by imitating Jesus and revealing where our treasure really is. Please stand up to your feet with me as we prepare to give the Lord our best. Amen. Again, MPI believes the tithe is 10% of your total income given regularly to the church. And an offering is anything above that which we designate towards mission field and towards the building fund. And we want to thank every single person for your generosity and joining with us on this journey with the building fund that we're on. We're changing the stage. We're getting new so uh, sound equipment. Already we got the new drums. Give it up for our new drum set. This is amazing. So much more stuff coming. And we just thank you for partnering with us and especially um, 
reaching the mission field is our passion as well. So we thank you for your generosity. Here's four ways you could give at MPI. Number one, in the bucket during the offering. Number two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes. Number three, in the back with a credit or debit card. You could see Pastor Griselda for that today. Or you could go online, and this is number four, online with Chase Quick Pay, PayPal, or Bill Pay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Woo! Let's recite this together, Philippians 4.18. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your abundance and for your generosity and your provision in our lives. God, we declare that we will be faithful tithers and generous givers to your kingdom, to further your kingdom. God, to honor you, to put you first, to trust you, God. I pray that you bless your people, bring them increase and raises prosperity. I pray for promotions, God. I pray that you would open doors of employment for those that are looking for work. And I pray that they would honor you, that they would put you first. So I pray that you bless the gift and the giver, increase it, multiply it, God, so we could use it for your kingdom in this city and for the nations of the world. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Please come forward as you give this morning, and thank you so much for your generosity. Come on, how many are ready for an ordination service? Can I get a whoop, whoop? Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. I want to tell you a couple good things about what today means to me. And I want my guest uh, worship leader to come on up, Brandon. Let's give it up for Brandon Holt. Dude, I just want to tell you about how awesome this is. Today is our ordination service, been planned months in advance. Brandon calls me up last month, or, or beginning of this month, actually, and says, I'm going to be in town, and man, can I come by? And I was like, he just knows he has an open door here. How many love Brother Brandon Holt? Give it up. Come on. Love you. And so he knows he could come anytime and make it shine for the Lord. And uh, it just, when he said the date, he was like, man, it's April, this, this, and this. My wife and I looked at it, and we're like, oh, snap, that's ordination. 
And so we're just so happy that he's here. He's going to share a few things about how you can support his ministry, get some tapes or shirts in the back. One more time, give it up for Big Beezy. What's up, NPI? How are you this morning? Y'all good? Boy, it is cold in Chicago. My Lord, I'm from hot Atlanta, and uh, I come up in here, didn't even bring a jacket, and uh, I stepped out the other night and said, oh, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I thought it was the Holy Ghost for a moment, but it's just a, a cold shiver. Listen, I am so honored to be with you. I love Pastor Joe. I have known Pastor Joe, like, for so long. How many were with us at the Belmont days? Y'all remember old Belmont? Whoop, whoop, just a couple. That's all right. Rachel, praise the Lord. That means there's new faces, there's growth, and I love what MPI is doing, man. You guys have a passion to win souls for Jesus Christ. Amen? And that is such a blessing to me, and I'm just honored to be here. Uh, I wanted just to tell you real quick. So I was at this conference uh, here in Chicago this week, and I brought 64 pounds worth of product, <laughs> CDs, T-shirts, and everything. I'm probably at like five pounds left. <laughs> my little, my little uh, suitcase is uh, completely like empty. So unfortunately, what that means for you is we're very limited. We got some T-shirts, though. If you're a small if you, if you wear size small, you're good. If you like me, you're going to have to go on the website, all right? And you can do that. Uh, we go up into big boy sizes, amen? Big boys make some noise. Anyway, all right, so you can, you can uh, order T-shirts. I got two T-shirts available. One says, worship is my weapon. How many understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty to, through prayer to the pulling down of strongholds, Amen. And I believe worship is one of those weapons. Ephesians 6, 12 says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spirits of darkness, and rulers in high places. And when we worship, we transcend from our carnal self, our fleshly self, into a spiritual realm and connect with God. And it brings results. Amen? So worship is a weapon you get to use. The other one says, peace out, Jezebel. Now, what that means is don't be going and putting a magic marker and putting somebody else's name there. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, come on. What that stands for for me is we are a generation that are saying peace out to the worship of money, sex, and abortion. Jezebel brought those three forms of worship into the house of God in Elijah's day, and he stands on Mount Carmel and makes fun of all the prophets of Baal and Asherah as they're cutting themselves crying out, asking for their God to respond, and he does not respond. And I'm telling you, when we rise up in that same spirit that Elijah rises up in, I believe signs, miracles, wonders follow us, and we are examples of Jesus in the earth. Amen? So we are going to say peace out to the worship of anything that is not Jesus, and we're going to declare his goodness in the earth. So you can do that just by wearing a shirt. And when people ask you, hey, what does that mean? Who's Jezebel? You get to tell them, right? Real quick, three other things. I have three albums. I only have one here physically, but if you're interested in getting all three, uh, we do have emails available, so you can still purchase the album for the price at the table and pay for that, and we can send you an, a downloadable uh, digital link for those albums if you'd like to support the ministry. And that way, I also have piano lessons available. And I was telling uh, Brother Adam about this. These lessons are designed to take you from knowing nothing at all, not one name of a key, to within three months being able to play chord charts. How many would love to be plugged in, being a minstrel, being a worshiper, being able to plug and play your piano? If you got kids, I've had six-year-olds learning off this thing. It is super easy. 
all right? So you can buy all of those individual, or we have an option for you where you can get all three CDs, the piano lessons, my new single of Good, Good Father, which if you don't have that, go on iTunes and get it. It will bless you. Is that right, Pastor Doug? He loves it. He's always hitting me up, telling me he's listening to it. You can get all of that chord chart to uh, the other single I have, Lesson Me More of You, for 50 bucks. That's the deal right there. That's all the music and the piano lessons. We have one jump drive that has all that available. So the first person who goes to that, you get the jump drive. Everybody else gets emails. But, man, listen, if you sow in to the ministry, I promise you, I believe I'm just dirt, but I know I'm good dirt. Amen? And you're going to see fruit. So I love you. Thank you for having me this morning. It's been awesome worshiping with you. Thank you, man of God. Wonderful. Well, let's get started with this ordination service. Would you open up your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8? We have five wonderful people being ordained today, and we want to share with you why we do ordination in this church. We have two married couples and one single engaged woman, soon to be a married couple. And it is going to be an amazing, amazing time for each one of them. As you're turning to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8, and they'll put it up on the screen as well, I want you to know that from my heart as a pastor, I really underestimated the power of an ordination service. You know, I'm not a traditional person. I don't normally dress up in a suit. Those of you who know me, I usually come in T-shirt, you know, and shorts. As a matter of fact, I brought them to turn, uh, change into for second service. So I will be going right back to my normal Sunday best. And, and here's the deal about that, though, is God surprised me with ordination service. I, I was just thinking, hey, they've graduated the program. Let's give them a certificate. But as the church began to grow, their families were coming. And tears were coming down their eyes as they were sharing their story about what it meant to them. And then I began to realize this wasn't just a ceremony. This was a celebration of what God does in discipleship. And then I began to see that the others who were in the 101 or 201 began to get inspired by what they would see upon that day. And so now I'll be honest with you, my heart has totally changed. I love wearing a suit now. I love seeing friends and family come from all over the country and from the city to celebrate their uh, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, uncles, and aunts and cousins. And so today I want you to look at this scripture and, and I want you to see it maybe in a different way that you've never seen it before because it's an ancient scripture. Many times we look at the Bible and we know that it's relevant for today, but we sometimes forget that it's ancient in its authorship. That means 2,000 years ago someone wrote this down. In a world totally different than ours, void of technology, void of electricity, even running water. I mean, this is an ancient time. And yet they told the church at that time to put something into practice that would ensure that the church would continue on after their time. Now, 2,000 years later, is the church still alive today? Is the church in North America today? Is the church in Chicago today? It made it from the dusty streets of uneducated men in Jerusalem to you today. An ancient text, an ancient writing inspired by God teaching us something so special. Look at what it says here in verse 8. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. Keep going, please. 
They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. Somebody say, trustworthy in everything. Thank you. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and household well. Those who have served well gain an inheritance or gain rather an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Jesus Christ. Some may say deacons. Thank you. What you see here in this ancient text written by the Apostle Paul is that we should have in the church people called deacons. And these deacons should be men and women worthy of respect, trustworthy in all things, managing their families well, teaching their children the example of Jesus Christ. And when they do this, the Bible says, they will receive an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Jesus Christ. You want to know what that word deacon literally means in the Greek? It literally means servant. Jesus said that the greatest among you would be the servant of all. And so when the church is being built, the church needs people that are responsible, people that will help and serve and volunteer and make the church reachable and teachable to the community around us, reaching out and teaching the world about Jesus. And so you just don't take any old person and say, ah, you'll be a deacon because if you just pick any old person to be a deacon, they might deke around and mess something up. And you don't want that. You don't want people deking around. You don't want more hypocrisy in the church, do you? You don't want a faulty foundation because if that is what Jesus intended, then Jesus wouldn't have lasted very long and his church would have died out just within a few hundred years after his ascension. So the process of appointing or ordaining or setting into position, that's what that word ordain means, to set them into position, must be taken serious. And yet, it also has to be a desire of their heart. You don't make them do it. You don't slave drive them. And so give you the testimony of our church. We're 11 years old, and we have right around now 30 deacons. It has taken us 11 years to have 30. Let's give it up for Jesus. Amen. Our church as a whole has 80% involved in the discipleship process. That means if you consider yourself a regular attender of Metro Praise and you're not in the 101, 201, or a graduate deacon doing it now with someone else, you are in the minority of the 20%. Eight out of ten Metro Praise International people are disciples of Jesus Christ. And that is because of the servant leadership here. That is why we can have a Bible college in this church supplying the need of ministry to this city. That is why we have ten, count them, ten different times where the gospel is preached throughout the city of Chicago. That is why we have over ten life groups, some for single moms, three for youth, one for gangs, etc. Because this church is a powerhouse church for Jesus Christ. He said, I'll build my church in the gate of hell shall not prevail and he said to go make disciples that make disciples that make disciples of every nation he said make disciples that make disciples that make disciples of every nation and that's what we be about here amen 
So friends and family, thank you for coming out and celebrating. For to us, these are our heroes. These are the ones who make it happen, Captain. These are the ones who pick up the phone and counsel. Yes, our deacons counsel. These are the ones who run those life groups and evangelisms. Yes, they are doing that. And these are the ones who greet you and help you find a seat. They are the servants in this house. And God says there is a great reward for them, excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to be calling them up individually, letting each one of them share their testimony. And as they come, I want you to celebrate with me. Amen. So the first one I want to call up today is Kirsten Rodriguez. got me you got me first okay oh wow praise God um I just uh wanted to share uh something that came to my mind and kind of uh, show <laughs> show something is that uh I was reminded of somebody um that w that we knew before and they had wanted to be uh ordained and so what they did is they went online and they went to some site and they filled out a form and filled out a, um, filled in some things and answered a couple questions and then, you know, boom, not long after that, they got something in the mail to claim that they were ordained. And I want to say that, you know, we are so blessed because M MPI is the opposite of that. You know, it's, 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 a um, this, this process of, of, uh, being a, a leader here, a deacon, an elder, a pastor, you know, uh, whichever capacity, it's it's rigorous, it's intense, and it's thorough, but it's biblical and it's it's and it's for real. And um, I'm just so blessed for the uh, opportunity to serve here um, in in as as uh, as a leader with the blessings of the leadership. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to help make disciples, to expand the kingdom of God, and to help build the vision, to fulfill the God-given vision of MPI. And, and, and thanks, and I, and thanks to, to so many here, so, so many leaders and others that have been supportive of us and, and just helped us in this process and, and have spent time with us and poured into us. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Would you come stand here, please? And now her wonderful husband, Humberto Rodriguez. Well, praise God. Um, I, I really don't know what to say except uh, just uh, to... Uh, second what my wife was saying uh, it reminded me of the verse uh, second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 where Paul tells Timothy to do uh, do your best to let me see do your best to to present 
yourself to God as an as approved as an approved one, um, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and one who correctly handles the word of truth. And that's all I can say that the process has been or is uh, for us uh, while being here. And, and, and that there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's something exciting. It's something good. Something to look forward to. And, and we're uh, extremely grateful to the leadership, Pastor Joe, Pastor Nancy, Pastors Berto, Griselda, um, Pastor Jared, Susie, um, although they are not the official pastors, but Rachel and Ricky, you know, and the rest of the leadership. It, 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 um, different times uh, I hear, you know, from up here, different times people mention about being rebuked and things like that. Um, <coughs> and and um, honestly, from myself, uh, all I can say is that uh, this leadership has just loved us and, and that's all they've done. You know, if, if they've ever been mean to us, I haven't noticed it, okay? So I just praise God. I encourage you, if you have not done it, please be part of it, all right? Amen. Praise God. Amen. We're nice. We love you. All right. Here's a wonderful woman of God, Catherine Esquivel. Woo, woo, woo. Take your time. If you're part of Catherine's family, I'm going to do Daryl's next, but if you're part of Catherine's family, would you stand up? Because I know she packed it out. Let's give it up for Catherine's family. Thank you guys for coming. Awesome. Let's get a picture. Ready with her notes. that were there along the way, um, Pastor Lauren and Pastor Susie, who at the beginning when I sold out all my paperwork for 201, which is now over a year ago, I told her, I was like, I think I'm going to be in the four-year plan. Like, I just, I don't see it. You know, I, I, this is so much. I don't think I could do it. But when I said I couldn't, God said you can. And I just want to share this special Bible, Bible verse that has, you know, been with me from the beginning. And it's um, in my heart. It's Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. And I pray that over everybody in here, you know, I am a great example of, of someone who, who went to church, grew up in church and, and left. And here I am now with my husband and my children just serving and living and, and answering that call that God has in my life. So, amen. God bless you. And I'm so sorry, I forgot to have your friends and guests. If you have come to for Humberto or Kirsten, would you stand up? I know we have friends here. Let's give it up for them. Come on, no, 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 stand up, stand up. Thank you for coming, celebrating your mom and dad. Awesome. Here we go, Daryl Esquivel. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Would you stand up? I want to see Daryl's friends and family. Let's give it up for them. Come on. Got the whole back row. Awesome. Thank you for coming. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you to my 
family for being here. It means a lot to me uh, and all my friends that are here. Um, I think I shared a little bit of my testimony earlier. Uh, at that time, I was, uh, when I wasn't saved, um, in my childhood, I was homeless. I think some of you guys know this. You know, uh, excuse me. saved, I did not want to share the gospel, but now, (laughs) thanks to Pastor Jared, (laughs) Pastor Joe, my wife, my family here, uh, the first time I had family from graduations, I never had anybody there, so to have you guys here is cool. I wouldn't want you guys to be at any other graduation but this one. Um, and uh, now, I just want to uh, read a scripture real quick, if I could, um, because I did uh, resent God, and, and, and I repented for that, and God has saved me from the streets of so many times that bullets have whizzed by me, being on drugs and alcohol rough childhood and now I'm able to go out to the streets and preach the gospel and reach out into the lost and bring people who are hurt and broken to Christ. So uh, in Matthew 5, uh, 14 and 16, it says, you are a light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Thank you. God bless you guys. Amen. Get your shine on. Get your shine on, man of God. And last but not least, Ashley Dressler. Come on. with Ashley's family, would you stand up so we can thank you for coming? Her mother came, all right. Her brother was here somewhere. He's, oh, there he is. Good to have you here, Eric. We love you. Thank you, Mom, for coming. So I just want to start with two things, that God is good all the time and the devil is a liar. And I just want to tell you that that's my story. The devil tried to bring me down and tell me that I wasn't good enough, that people in my family Um, One main person in my family abandoned me and didn't want to see me anymore, but that's not my father. My father is the one in heaven, and he pushes me on and encourages me to do everything I can and live by faith and be the great mother and wife that I'm going to be very soon. Well, not mother, but wife very soon, hopefully mother very soon after that. But, yeah, so... (laughs) Ha! Um... 
just want to encourage everyone that you can do it, right? God is there. Go and spread his word. Don't be afraid like I was. I am here to serve all of you in this seat. The man above, I am here to serve and do what I can to just for his glory and show everyone how good he is. Reach those people who don't know their love. Reach those youth who just feel how I used to feel. And because of something in my life, Hebrews 10, 39 pushed me, right? And take this as encouragement for all of you. Do not be those that shrink back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And that's us, MPI. Let's do this. On fire. Yes. Amen. I'm now going to ask that you guys would come down uh, to the altar, face us. I'm going to call now all of the elders and deacons who are here. We have about 30 deacons and about 14 elders. Those who are present here will be joining us. Could you come just a little bit closer? Thank you. Can I have the anointing oil as well? We're going to anoint them with oil, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Those standing behind you are those who have taken on the same call as you. Um, Ulysses, would you come stand next to your fiance? I know you would. Oh, you already had her back. You already had her back. Thank you, good sir. Pastor Berto, the campus pastor, would you join me up here? Let's give it up for Pastor Berto and Pastor Griselda. Nancy, would you come and get some oil as well? Those standing behind you now are those who have taken on the same call as you to serve God with you. Those in their seats behind you are those that are waiting and needing to be served. They will give you the grace to grow with them as they're growing. And so our calling is to stand with Christ as we kind of symbolically look this way. Would you put up the picture of the cross? As we look to the cross, the campus pastors and my wife and I pray for you and those behind you have your back and the congregation is ready for you to serve. So let us all just face the cross. This as a symbol of the, of the Lord. Jesus, we thank you. We look to you. We trust you. You are the great shepherd of our souls. You are the greatest servant of all. You left heaven to come to earth. You sent the Holy Spirit when you ascended back into heaven to empower us to live for you. And you called us to start your church and to build your church around this world. And here we are 2,000 years later looking to you for your power, for your authority, and your strength. Bless these deacons now. Now as we begin to lay hands upon you, we're going to start to pray. Congregations, would you pray for them? Father, we ask that you would bless Humberto and his family. Doran and Lawrence, that each one of them would serve God all the days of their life, and together as a family, they would be an awesome, awesome power family for you, blessing Doran's wife and the family they'll have one day. Lord, we thank you for Daryl and for Catherine and their beautiful three daughters. We pray that each one of them will love you and serve you. We pray that you'll strengthen them and empower them for the work of ministry together. Lord, we thank you today for Ashley and her call to be a teacher in the public schools. We pray that you'll use her for your glory there as well. Bless her family. Bless her marriage soon to be with Ulysses. May it be built upon the rock of your word, Lord. May your presence be with them. And, Lord, today we pray for each one of these deacons, for them to serve, not to get discouraged, for them to love and not be disheartened, God, for them to be compassionate and not to be easily angered. 
and for them to be used for your glory, God. Even if they're not noticed, even if they're not being thanked, even if they're behind the scenes, Lord, they'll know that they are receiving a rich welcome in heaven, a great assurance of their faith, because they stand in the ancient tradition of the deacons of old, like Stephen and Philip, O oh God, like Phoebe and the rest, O oh Lord. May we all serve you and love you in this city. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Can we bless the Lord today? Would each one of you now turn around, elders and deacons, would you part the way? We're going to give them a standing ovation on the count of three for the glory of God in them. Get ready to stand up and clap with me. Would you do that? Because I'm honored they're in the church today. One, two, three. Come on, let's stand up and welcome the deacons of 2016. Amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say, you're next. Come on, tell somebody you're next. You're next, man. God might be putting a call on you, sir. <laughs> Slap him high five. Slap him high five. Come on. Tell him he's next. You may be seated. You may be seated in the house of God. Because of the large crowd today, we normally call up friends and family to greet you, but there is no way they could fit up here. So we uh, encourage all friends and families, take pictures with them after service. And we do have a professional photographer, Rudy, who was right there. Uh, he'll take a picture of your family, all of the guests that came as a, as a gift to you. We'll do that for you. Open up your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Peter. If you're ready for the sermon, say, I'm ready. Amen. We've had the worship. We've had the announcements. We've had the offering. We've had the commercial for Brandon's music ministry. We've had the ordination. Now it's time to preach. Come on. Because Jesus said that on his word is the rock of our foundation. And when we build our house on that rock, we will stand the storms of life. It's not just an ordination title or me wearing a suit today. It's the power of the gospel through Jesus Christ. We're in a sermon series called Spiritual Growth. Everybody say Spiritual Growth. And we couldn't have planned that any better that during the sermon series of Spiritual Growth and Ordination Service with a guest musician. I mean, God really set this up to have us celebrate today. As you're opening up your Bible to 2 Peter, you're seeing today's message on the screen, which is the spiritual life, the spiritual life. And I just want to give a shout out real quick. We have two different languages being translated to about 12 people in this church right now, to our Syrian friends and to our Latino friends. Let's give it up for bilingual in the house. Amen. So if you see somebody with a headset on, it's not because they're jamming out or listening to the game. They're hearing it in their language, and we thank you for being here. Spiritual life. When you think about being the person that God called you to be, do you think you can do it in your own effort? I don't think so. You won't be able to make it happen with your own flesh and blood. The spiritual life is not a life like going to the gym, working out, pumping some iron, and coming out saying, I'm better. Going to church doesn't just change you. Matter of fact, if you don't have Christ, church alone will do nothing. Without Christ, though church is great, but without Christ, it won't do it. Just going to Bible studies without Christ won't do it. The spiritual life has a key component to it that if you are missing it, you cannot have it. That key component is the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. 
So as we're learning in this sermon series about spiritual growth, I thought that I would take this time with all of our friends and families here to a packed house, that I would share with you a foundation of spiritual growth, which is the Holy Spirit. Religion can't give you the Holy Spirit. Going to church can't give you the Holy Spirit. No matter how much I would shake you and say, receive the Holy Spirit, I can't make you have it. The spiritual life is based on the Spirit, and only the Holy Spirit comes into willing hearts. And so I thought I would talk to you today about what it meant to live a spiritual life, not a pimped out life, though you may have a lot of nice things here. That's great if you work hard and can earn those things. But this is not that kind of a life. The spiritual life is not based on things. This is not the educated life. And I love education. I'm still getting my doctorate. Come on, somebody say doctor disciple. Amen. Once I earn that title, all y'all going to be calling me that. No, I'm kidding. Half kid. Sign on the door like little innuendos everywhere. Call me doctor disciple. Then the Lord will rebuke me. I'll have no more disciples, and then I'll be humbled. And then I'll say, I don't want to call myself that anymore. And then the Lord will say, you're ready. Then I'll go back to being doctor disciple. So I'm ready for the journey. Anywho, this is not the educated life. This is the spiritual life. Now, education is good, but if you don't have education, you can still have the spirit. You see, the spiritual life needs to be the foundation. And I know we love our families. I have four children. The fifth is on the way. Her name is going to be Joy Lorraine Wyrostic. We just found out last week. Amen. God is good. We're going for a dozen. We're going for a dozen. So pray for my stamina and my wife's, my wife's ability to birth them. It's sure fun making them. That's all I can say. Sure fun making babies. And he did say be fruitful and multiply. And I said, yes, Lord. I'll be fruitful, Jesus. Amen. So it's not the family life, though families are great. It's not the educated life, though education is great. It's not the material life, though you deem material things. This is the spiritual life, which Jesus said, if you don't have, everything else is worthless. But if you do have it, everything else fits into its place. Jesus said it like this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. And the kingdom of God is a spiritual life. Are you in 2 Peter? If you're in 2 Peter chapter 1, somebody say, I'm there. If not, follow the screen up here as we read this lengthy passage of God's holy word. But I think it's so precious that we do it every week during this sermon series, even with our visitors here, so that we know why we should grow. We should know why we should grow. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. How many have accepted Jesus as their Savior? Amen. If you have, then you have faith as precious as Peter's. That means whatever Peter did by faith, you can do by faith if God told you to do the same thing. So it wasn't Peter's natural ability that allowed him to walk on water. It was the faith that Jesus gave him. So that means if you were on the boat and Jesus said for you to come, you could have walked on the water right there with Peter. Anything that God tells you to do, you can do just like Peter could do whatever God told him to do because he had faith. Faith is a gift from God. It's not something you earn. It comes by the grace of Jesus Christ. Faith is received when you trust what God says. So today, how many trust what he says? 
then you have faith as precious as Peter and the rest of the disciples. You have grace and peace. Grace meaning unmerited favor and forgiveness in your life and peace with God. You are tranquil with the Father. You are no longer enemies. And conviction should not be a bad thing. God speaking to you, his command should be a good thing as a loving, as a loving Father. How many, have, how many have the Father in their life today as a loving Father and not as a judge? You see, because if you've accepted Christ, uh, the Father does not condemn you. But if you do not have Christ, the Father is at enmity with you, the Bible says, and his wrath is still upon you. Let's look at verses 3 and onward. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. How many want to escape the corruption in this world? How many want to be free from the evil desires that you fight against, the temptation on the inside? Jesus taught us to pray, deliver us from evil and lead us not into temptation. This is the heart of a true Christian. But how do you do that? Well, the Bible says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. When I was born again, 1995, on November 5th, I was given everything I would ever need for a godly life. Though I wasn't a father yet, I still had residing in my spirit the ability to be a good father when the time was right. Though I had not been married yet, God had given to me at salvation every good and perfect gift so that when I would have children, I could go to the reservoir of the salvation I have by the Holy Spirit and use those tools for the life that God called me to live. And I'm not supposed to live a Lady Gaga kind of life. I'm supposed to live a godly life, not an Oprah Winfrey kind of life, a godly life. What kind of life should you live? A godly life. And the Bible says that now he gives those people who have faith as precious as Peter's, who have believed they've received everything they need for a godly life, he gives them great and precious promises, promises of heaven, promises of salvation to their friends and family, promises of prosperity and blessing, promises of provision for the visions that he gives you. And in that life of living the God kind of life, living out the promises of God, you are participating in the divine nature. When we were born of our mom and dads, we were given an earthly body because that is what they were made of. That earthly body came all the way back from Adam and Eve, the first parents that God put upon this earth. Because Adam and Eve sinned, the sin of Adam and Eve has passed on down to every single person of the human race. So we have been born naughty by nature. But when we come to Christ, we're born again in divine nature. I think you should write a song about that. I was born naughty by nature, but then I was born again in the divine nature. Come on. You guys have it right here. I gave them that song. I gave it to them. Come on. Uh oh, he's talking back now. He's talking back. I love Brother B. We've known each other over 12 years. That's a friendship right there. And we used to live together, too. God is so good. I want to tell you this. You were born in the flesh, naughty by nature. Every one of us in every religion, born naughty in nature. Now, the religions of the world try to teach us how to get rid of that naughty nature. Islam will teach us to do the five pillars of Islam and to pray towards Mecca and to fast during Ramadan, to hear what the Quran says and recite it often. 
The Buddhists will teach us through meditation, seeking the inner self, the God self within us, that we can find nirvana. Hinduism, through its, Hinduism, through its pantheon of gods, will teach you to pray and to earn through good works what you can achieve in the afterlife. And if you don't get it in this life, you'll get it another chance through reincarnation over and over and over again until you can pass this level. However, that is not what Jesus did. Jesus doesn't say to mankind, I'll let you participate in my nature. I'll save your sorry behind if you do all these things. No, Jesus said that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came to die for us, to die the death that we deserved so that we could live the life that he earned. Salvation in Christianity is not doing to be, doing good works to become a better person. Christianity is coming as a sinner, being made a better person, a new creation, to do good works. If all I do, 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 do to try to impress God, all I'll have is do, 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 and my righteous deeds will smell as filthy rags to God. I don't do, do, do. I come to Christ and be made new, new, new. The Christianity that I believe in is an instantaneous rebirth done by the Holy Spirit. And then another word for participation is a dance with the divine. So though we were born naughty by nature, we can be born again in the divine nature and escape the corruption in this world. So now your excuses have all gone away, have they not? You say, I don't have faith as precious as Peter. God says, I'll give it to you. You say that I don't have what it takes to live a godly life. Jesus says, I've given you everything you need by my power. You say today, I have no promises or hope to look forward to in this world. God says, I give you promises and a path. And then you may say, but I'm so naughty in this nature, so bad, and my past is so bad. Now Jesus says, you can participate in a new nature and escape the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. How many want to live that kind of life? Somebody say, I'm ready then you're here ready to hear the passage. For this very reason, Peter's still talking to you. He says, now for this very reason, to the people who want to live a godly life sharing in the divine nature, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and goodness knowledge and knowledge self-control and self-control perseverance and perseverance godliness and the godliness mutual affection and mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. These are seven things you're supposed to do in life. You don't start off doing them to change. You do them because you've been changed. You don't do them to earn brownie points in heaven. You do it because heaven has come inside your heart, and now you're empowered to do them. If at one time you knew Jesus, but you stopped doing these things, you're now a backslider, considered blind, considered nearsighted. You can't see heaven, eternity, and Christ waiting to judge you. All you can see is these 70, 80 years that you'll live in your own selfishness. And Jesus then says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his soul in the end? So let us be Christians who live Christ-like. Let us increase in our love. Let us increase in our goodness. Let us be productive and effective in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, those things listed above, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many want a rich welcome into heaven? Well, then do those things that Peter said. 
Start by believing in Christ. Admit that you can't do any of them truly without Jesus and his salvation. And then let Christ make you new. Let him give you divine power. Let him give you the divine nature to participate in. Let him grow those seven things in your life like the fruit of the spirit and the abiding in his vine, good fruit. And then, my friend, you will never stumble. I will never stumble. So if we do stumble, if I sin now being a Christian, is it God's fault? No, it's my fault because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. How many want to do what they're supposed to do? Can I hear an amen? Now I want to show you three charts today that will help you understand this. I'm going to be sensitive to the time because I know we've been a little bit late with the wonderful things we've had planned. But I want everybody to look up at the board here so you can understand what I'm talking about. If you can't read the notes that I have here, I have them online, mpichurch.org. It's there right now or at our Facebook page. I want you to see this because this is what the Bible is talking about. In summary, if I was to take you through Genesis to Revelation, emphasizing the work of Jesus Christ, you would see that there's primarily three things that are going on inside the Christian's life. Peter, we just read, is assuming you would have a foundation of these things because this is what he's talking about. Number one, he's talking about a new man, a new life, a transformation, a new creation. Number two, he's talking about a spiritual growth. Not something that happens by human effort, but something that happens by the Holy Spirit. And then number three, he is talking about a renewal of the mind and a transformation of behavior. Everybody say a new man. Everybody say spiritual growth. And everybody say renewal and transformation. Thank you. As you look at the graphic here, you see that the new man is in the center. The new man is the believer's perfect spirit, saved, born again by God. That happened because you trusted in Jesus Christ. Because you put your faith in Jesus, a new spirit comes on the inside of you. At that time, your soul was purified. Somebody say sanctification. So today, if you truly believe in Christ, you are a new person, born again by the Holy Spirit, sanctified and saved. That is who God called you to be. Do you believe that? Do you believe that's who you are? You're not a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. If you still say, uh, if you say, Pastor, I don't feel like I'm a new person on the inside, then I would say don't be led by your feelings. If you keep insisting that you're a new person, then I'm going to question your faith because there's only one kind of faith, and that's a faith as precious as Peter's. Peter knew that he was a new creation. Do you have a faith as precious as Peter? Yes or no? You're not half born again and half dead. If you truly have put your faith in Christ, you are born again. And then spiritual growth. What does that look like? Those are those three things that I talked about last week. How do I grow? By knowing and showing. That's how we grow. We know, we show, we grow. How do I grow in my marriage with my wife? I get to know what she wants more. I get to know her better and what she likes. Then I show it to her. So let's say she says, I like it when you hold my hand when we're in public. Now I know that. When I show her that I know that by doing it, hold her hand in public, our love grows. Does everybody see that? When I say to her, honey, when I come home, I like to have dinner ready. She now knows that. She shows it by preparing it. And then when I eat it, my stomach and our love grows. So what are the things we should know? What are the things we should know? We should know who Jesus is, that he's our God and Savior. We should know that we share in the divine nature, and we should know that we can do all that God commands us to do. How many of you believe and know that Jesus is our God and Savior? How many of you believe and know that you share in the divine nature? 
How many of you believe and know that you can do all that God commanded you? You see, then you will grow by showing those things. And these are the 12 things that you can do to show your love for God. Bible reading, keeping your family in order, memorizing the scriptures, journaling from your soul what God is doing in your life, praying and worshiping, discipleship and living like Christ, Christian service, not only here but on your job and in your community, doing all things as unto the Lord. You are to work as unto the Lord. You are to be a neighbor as unto the Lord. Never forget that. Public evangelism, spiritual meditation. You don't have to do the crooked chicken pose um, to get closer to God. The Bible speaks about meditation, but it's different. It's through the Word of God. Financial stewardship, not letting God be your, uh, not letting money be your God, but letting Jesus be your God. Christian fellowship, coming to church and spending time with Christians, and then church involvement. Can I hear an amen? When you grow, what is it going to look like? Well, Peter names seven of those things. Grow in goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. But Paul also said we should be growing in things too. He called that the fruit of the Spirit. Now think about this. In the growing of our faith, Peter ends it at love. When Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, where does he start it at? Love. And so when you continue on with Paul's list, not repeating the same things that Peter has already mentioned, now you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. So what does it look like? The new man on the inside is the born-again man. And when we say man, we mean human being, not man by gender. Sanctified and saved. We then see that spiritual growth comes from knowing who we are in Christ and knowing who God is and knowing what he wants us to do. And then we show it by doing it through our Christian disciplines or our Christian obedience. And as we do that, we grow. And then lastly, what happens? There's a renewal of our mind. Our mind begins to change how we see the world. And then there's a transformation of our life. The evidence that the believer reflects the image of Christ internally is in a renewed mind to the mind of Christ and externally through their transformed behavior by the Spirit. Can I hear an amen? So if I was to summarize these things that you just learned, I would say the spiritual life is the Holy Spirit doing three specific things. The Holy Spirit in the new man is the Spirit saving and sanctifying. Has the Spirit done a saving and sanctifying work in you? If not, you need to invite the Holy Spirit into your life. See, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can save you and make you new. You cannot make, sometimes I talk to people and I ask them the question of Jesus, are you born again? That's what Jesus taught, the, ta the concept of being born again. And then they'll say, well, my life has changed or I, I went to jail and I came out a different person or I had a baby and now my life is different. But no, that's not the question of being born again. It's only an internal change that can do it. And only the Holy Spirit has permission to come into your heart and do that. Number two, the Holy Spirit grows us. How do I know more about God? You could read the Bible, but Jehovah Witnesses read the Bible, and they believe something totally different. A lot of people read the Bible and have no idea what it means. But the Bible says within itself that the things of the Bible are taught by the Spirit. So unless you are truly born again, the Bible will not make sense to you unless you first let the Holy Spirit transform you so that you don't have a mind of the flesh, but you have a mind of, of, of the Spirit. So at the new birth, the new man, the Spirit is saving and sanctifying. In spiritual growth, the Spirit is growing. Being saved and sanctified is a once and for all act. It only happens once. Spiritual growth is continual. It continues on from your life. 
Think of it like this. My son was born once, a son of a Wyrostic, born once. He was a Wyrostic in his DNA by his last name in the house that he lives in. One time. He doesn't have to keep being born over and over and over again. He doesn't have to get born again and again and again. He's born once, a son of a Wyrostic. But for the rest of his life, he'll grow to be the Wyrostic that God made him to be. The moment you were born again, God changed you on the inside. You don't have to be born again and again and again to become a better person. You were made a better person once you were born again. But you must grow and grow and grow to become and act like the person God calls you to be. The renewal and transformation then is that evidence that God is working through you. Because your mind begins to change and so do your actions. And so the spirit renews the mind and the spirit transforms your behavior. So right now you may say, Pastor, I got some stinking thinking inside my mind. I don't know how to get out. I would say become a new creation in Christ. Know, show, and grow by the Holy Spirit, and you'll see your mind transform. You'll get that junk out of your trunk, baby. You will see new thoughts be downloaded into your heart. It will happen supernaturally. It's not natural for a man to want to be with one woman all of their life. The sinful man will want to cheat on his wife. I'm sorry, ladies, to disappoint you. I just did a wedding yesterday, and of course, nobody wants to hear that. But I'll keep it real for every man in here. Every man in his nature has an evil desire to have more than one woman. But Peter says we can escape those evil desires. I'm now coming up on 11 years of marriage, not because I was fake and religious or a hypocrite, but because I became a new man, began to know and show and grow by the Spirit, and now a renewal of my mind has happened, and I see marriage more important than a physical desire that goes through my body with hormones and testosterone. Are you listening? I'm not led by the flesh, but rather by the Spirit. It's because a renewal is happening. If I ever stop growing, I'll start dying, and I'll return to a sinful life. Why do pastors fall? Why do popes uh, do things? Why do priests do things? Why do all people who claim to be religious do wicked things? It's because they're not doing what Christ said. It's the same for everybody, even for me. So how is the spiritual life to be looked at? God gives us a new man by the Spirit and sanctifies us. The Spirit gives us continual growth and continual renewal and transformation. And so today, my friends, I want to end with my introduction. Can I do that? I want to end with my introduction, a little opposite of how I normally do it. Normally, my introductions are about an hour long. But for the sake of time and to honor our guests here today, I want to give you the introduction now at the end. You see, Jesus said in John 3, 3, these are his words, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Everybody say born again. He went on to clarify, thank you, that the born-again life was a spiritual life. Everybody go spiritual. When he said, listen, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Your mom and dad gave you a sinful flesh, not by their intention, but because of the curse of Adam and Eve. But the Holy Spirit puts a new spirit inside of you. Paul went on to teach in Galatians 5.25, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Do what he does because he's living on, si on the inside of you. Some of you look at Jesus as religion, and this is what religion looks like, is seeing a stop sign or seeing a speed limit, and you go, well, I'll obey that every now and then if I feel like that. That's just religion, hearing a bunch of rules, thou shall not, thou shall not. You know the relationship with Jesus is? Having the police officer live with you and be in your car everywhere you go. You look at the law differently now. It's not that I follow the law because I just see the law in the Ten Commandments or written in black and white. I follow the law of God now because he lives on the inside of me and is motivating me to keep it, turning my head where I should, watching my words. The Holy Spirit is truly inside of me. He's inside of you. 
If he is not, you are not of God. The Bible says all those of God have the Holy Spirit and cry back out to the Father, Abba, Father, you're my Father. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and another voice they do not respond to. So I encourage you to have the Spirit. Therefore, every person should be born again, become that new man, live daily by that Spirit, growing and keep in step with the Spirit, being transformed and renewed. In other words, live the spiritual life. Would you stand up today and give Jesus a hand clap for his word? Come on. Band, would you come, please? I want you to think about these thoughts as we close out today. That the spiritual life is one of new birth, growth, along with renewal and transformation. Think about that. The spiritual life is one of new birth, growing with renewal and transformation. I'm going to say that one more time. I just want you to get it in your hearts today. Look at the board if you've got to see the words. Get it in your heart. That the spiritual life, the life that Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day to give us is a life of new birth, new beginnings, things changing instantly, then growth happening along with renewal of our minds and transformation of our behavior. Altar workers, would you come? We're going to have some prayer workers come. We're going to sing a song in closing, but would you now close your eyes in an attitude of prayer? Would you examine your heart, friends and family, visitors alike? Today, this might have been your first time here. You might have just saw our ad online or our beautiful sign hangs above our building, and you might have just come in and just been like, wow, this was really different. But I want you to look at your heart right now, everybody, and be honest. Are you born again? Do you have a new spiritual life? You may say, oh, I'm not sure. Listen to me. If you're not sure, I can assure you, you don't have it. This is not something you would do by accident. A spiritual life is one you would do intentionally with the Lord and you would know that you know him as close as you know yourself because you hear his voice in your heart. You hear his thoughts coming to your mind. You have what we call a relationship with God. If you're here today and you don't have that relationship, we're not going to call on you or do anything different. We're just going to ask you to start praying right now a prayer of repentance to accept Jesus into your life. What you do to become born again is you believe and confess your sins. So believe, say, Jesus, I believe. You're my Lord and Savior. You died on the cross for me. You rose again. You don't have to say it in my exact words, but put it in your own words. Come on. I believe you are who you said you are. I believe you're the Son of God. And the Bible says you will be saved. You will have new birth. Some of you may feel it. Some of you may not. It's not based on feelings. It's based on the truth of God's Word. Now as they're praying, those who need a new life, would the rest of us look at how we've been growing and how we've been renewing and being transformed? Start with spiritual growth. 
Have you been knowing and studying the Word to do the Word, to show the Word? If you haven't, will you come as well in your heart? You don't have to come to the front yet, but just in your heart, confess to the Lord and say, God, I haven't been studying the Word like I should. That's why I don't know what you want me to do. That's why I'm confused, God, because I haven't been studying. I haven't been praying. I, I don't hang out with you enough, God. Come on, that's why some of you are stuck in your Christian walk is because you're not knowing and showing. That's the only way you can grow. Spiritual growth isn't going to happen on accident. It takes intention. The farmer knows the fruit, trees, and corn doesn't grow by accident. It takes intention. Though it will grow naturally, it takes intention. It takes water. It takes rain. It takes removing of the weeds. Guarding those plants from insects. Christian, come on, if you're already a Christian in this place and you know you need to grow up a little bit, talk to Jesus right now. This is for you. Help me to grow up, God. I need to grow up and add some things to my faith. and I need to be obedient in these areas. I'll go back over this week and look at them so I can grow in them. And then lastly... Those of you who say, I've been doing them, yeah, Pastor, I mean, pretty much 12 things on the list, I'm doing them. And you know what, there's a lot of people in this church like that. I hope all of our deacons are doing them. They may not always do them perfect, but you get my point. You can do these things. It's like as if I told you, you needed 12 things to have a healthy body today. I guarantee you, most of you could all do it. You know, drink water, eat good food, move your body, breathe in oxygen. You know, all of those things would come naturally, right? But you would have to do it intentionally. Some of them like exercise. And so those of you here who have been doing them and now you want to see the renewal and transformation, would you just raise up your hands? I just want to pray for you right now because many times you may feel like we're only talking to the new person or the person who's never heard it before, but there's some of you, even the altar workers, if you need it, just raise up your hand because I want you to believe there's a renewal of your mind coming. I want you to believe there's a transformation of behavior coming, that you're going to start doing different things. Because you're a new person created to grow and be renewed and transformed. Now all of us, would you raise your hands with us right now? All of us. And say, Jesus, be the center of my life. And Jesus, be the center of it all. Come on, let's sing this before we go. Jesus be the center of it all. Woo! Come on, keep up them hands right now. Worship God. Jesus be the center yes. of it Sing it all. like you mean it today, saints. It's all about Him. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Just a few more times. Stick on this verse. Jesus. Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. I need a spiritual life. life. I need a spiritual life. Come on. Jesus, be the center of my life. From beginning to the end. From beginning to the end. It will always be, always be. Can you look up at me before we dismiss? I know that you've heard the word today and many of you are just believing it. I want you to hear this from your pastor today, from someone who loves you. You know why I made all those things a circle? 
put up the graphic one more time in the new man in the middle. It's because life is like a circle. You'll keep growing and knowing and showing and growing and knowing. You'll be renewed and transformed. But one thing that will never change is who you are on the inside and who God is. Jesus got to be the center of your heart. Yes, I've gotten better at being a husband. But you know what? God has always been the perfect husband that my wife ever needed. You know, he was always there. And he understands how to be a mom, too, because he said he created male and female in his image. And so we're going to pray a prayer of dismissal. And if you need prayer, come up to one of these prayer workers. They'll pray with you to help you accept Jesus, live for God, or healing, or anything you need. But as we get ready to dismiss, I just want you to get that in your image, this image in your mind. I'm a new person. I'm going to grow and know and show it. And I'll be renewed. I'll be transformed. But i got to have Jesus. Amen. Let's pray in closing today. Would you close your eyes now? Desiree, would you close us out in prayer? Sorry, we couldn't hear you. Jesus, we love you, God. We love you, Lord. You are so beautiful and your presence is so sweet. We love you, God. We thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, your grace. God, we just, we, we, we love you on this day, God, and forevermore, God. We ask that you just go with us, God, as we go home, Lord, that you give us traveling mercies, God. And that you're just, your Holy Spirit be upon us, God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, amen. Amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say, live the spiritual life. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, come on up. Get some of Brandon's goodies. Otherwise, let's sing this song. Come on, Cynthia, let's put it up. Yes. Stay for the after party if you want. It's all about you. It's all about you. From my heart to the heaven. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. It's all about you. From my heart to the heaven. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. From my heart to the head, it's all about you. Yes, it's all from my heart, from my heart to the head. Yeah.
every tongue shall confess you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, we confess you, Jesus. Oh, your name is Jesus.
Shining, make it loud and make you praise glorious, glorious. Oh, when you come into his presence and lift it up, and you hear the music playing, you see the people running, just forget about your worries. Don't you wait another man. Shouting, make it loud and make it glorious. Start rejoicing, praising, lifting, risen. Get the shouting, make it loud and make his praise glorious, glorious. Yes, it is. This is I was created to make your praise glorious. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. I was created to make your praise glorious. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. I was created to make your praise glorious. Glorious. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. I was created to make your praise glorious. 